everyone, welcome to the Purpose Champions podcast, where we shine a spotlight on those championing social and environmental impact for their stakeholders and communities. In this episode, we are welcoming Gilbert Lennox-King, who is the CEO and co-founder of Construction Carbon. They provide a simple, credible and standardized process for reducing and offsetting the embodied carbon of construction projects, which sounds like a very useful tool and I'm super excited to hear more about it. Hi Gilbert, it's great to have you as our guest in our podcast and I really look forward to hearing more about your story and how those interested in the Net Zero movement can get involved. Hi Celine, it's great to be here and uh, looking forward to, to talking about all things energy and construction carbon. Amazing. So to start off with, what's the story of how you started in the energy industry? Yeah, so basically I started out in 2009 in Hong Kong. Um, went out to Hong Kong. We believe there was an opportunity to to basically um, save energy and, and save carbon uh, for, for customers. Um, and and so so what we did is it went out there, and um, I went out there with a friend of mine from university. We started a company working with landlords and um, big energy users, so the likes of big corporates like HSBC. JP Morgan, um, H&M, to track, um, reduce, and, and, and basically manage their energy consumption down. So doing sort of corporate energy management programs out, out in Asia. And then um, uh, American multinational basically um, liked what we we're doing and said, you know, we'd really like to invest in your company. They ended up um, buying Energens in 2016. Amazing. And then I came out, and I came out to the UK and, and, and kind of left Hong Kong. That's sort of when the initial protests were kicking off in Hong Kong. Um, mm -hmm. So I thought it was probably a good time to to get out of Hong Kong and <laughs> and move to to London. So so since then I uh, moved, came across to London, and um, was working most recently for one of Europe's largest office developers, and. Um, and got heavily involved with the sustainability strategy for, for new developments, which was slightly different to the work that I was doing in, in Hong Kong. That was more around sort of operational energy efficiency. Um, but what happened over the last couple of years is the whole recognition that um, a building's emissions don't start when it when it starts operations, that the, the emissions of a building is is the life cycle emissions of a building. So. So basically, um, if you're building a project, up to 50% of the emissions that will ever be, ever come from that building ha have already been emitted by the time someone takes the keys. And I think that's a, that's a reasonably recent um, realization within the industry that we should be looking at whole life cycle carbon and not just the energy efficiency of, of, of the built asset once it's, once it's actually built and done. And um, during that time, during lockdown, I was introduced to um, to Tom Scott, who's now my business partner. And you know, he he came to me and said, "Look, he's a construction manager, chartered surveyor, and he basically runs construction projects for small and medium sized uh, developers and, and investors." And um, he said, "Look, there's a." He was really frustrated that the journey to assessing um, reducing, offsetting, um, 
benchmarking, that whole journey to net zero for construction was not really accessible for small and medium-sized developers. And my perspective, um, working at a, at a large developer, is that the lifecycle assessment process was not really consistent. So it was really about born out of a frustration that the journey to net zero is not really accessible or consistent for most developers. And that kind of that kind of got us going with with construction carbon. We worked on it for a long period, basically a, a year. We were working on it at nights and and during COVID when there wasn't a huge amount else we could do, um, and then um, and then started full time on it um, in December. That's super inspirational. And actually, I would really love to hear about an example of one of your projects really understand um, how does construction carbon work yeah so um, we've done we have done projects for very very small projects so small office fit outs and future through to, to large new build projects but um, I think probably a good example that I'd like to sort of pull out is um, a project that we did for a, a medium size office developer where they're doing a refurbishment. And so basically what how it starts is we do carbon estimation. Uh, we built like a quite a basic carbon estimator tool on our, on our website. So, you know, if, if you're doing a small project, you, you can just go and, and get an estimation there. Um, but for this particular client, we would get a bill of materials. So um, depending on how, how far they are advanced with, within their construction timeline. We would ask for a, a cost plan, which is typically like, you know, how much they're going to spend on all the elements for the for the project, um, and a bill of materials um, that's associated with that with that cost plan. So, you know, X number of tons of cement or kilograms of steel or whatever it may be. Um, so there's basically a carbon estimation phase there's a data collection phase um, and then and then we can start to do uh, benchmarking so saying you know how their asset sits against similar types of assets now refurbishment that's that is slightly challenging um, to, to benchmark refurbishments because what constitutes a refurbishment can be quite different um, but essentially we say okay well this is what you want to do here are some options. So here are the biggest carbon hotspots within your project, and here are your lower carbon material options. And then they'll and then basically present that to the project. The the, the contractor would say, okay, well, let's swap the, these components out. Then they would buy those, and then towards the end of the project, we would do um, what's called like an as-built assessment. So more detailed, getting actual um, receipts and bills of material waste records from site so that we know that this is exactly kind of what went into the project um, and what what essentially what came out of it and then we would generate a an as-built report saying you know 866 tons of carbon associated with this project for example and then um, what what typically happens at that point is a developer might just want to know, okay, um, that's how much carbon. Now, now I'm going to start tracking that. Or they might say, um, we want to look at options for offsetting that that 
those emissions. Um, and what's happened over the last few years is there are various different industry bodies that have um, put into place um, guidance around what net zero means. And that's been a quite a rapidly evolving space over the last two years. And, and basically, the UK Green Building Council have said, here are options for offsetting. There's essentially um, four registries um, that you can take. So you can, you can basically go to um, the gold standard um, Vera, the UK Woodland Trust or the UK Peatland Code. Uh, and then they say you, you should use the Oxford offsetting principles, which is essentially looking at additionality. So um, making sure that what offsets are purchased are additional and wouldn't have happened without that, that funding. So that's the concept mm -hmm. of additionality. Um, and then there's a reporting piece. And so there's basically minimum reporting requirements that the UK Green Building Council have set out. That's, that's essentially, you know, this is how you should report, uh, it should be on a publicly accessible registry, um, showing, you know, exactly how much um, carbon was associated with this project. Um, what you did to reduce, what you did to offset, how how you sat against benchmarks, and that it was uh, independently third party verified, and then you can claim that that project was net zero for construction. Now, there's um, there has been quite a lot of thought going into um, what net zero means for different parts of the asset life cycle. So, net zero for construction net zero in operation and net zero whole life carbon uh, kind of the three main concepts it's just um it it has taken a little while for those three definitions to evolve um and industry to to kind of agree on what that means and that's that to be honest hasn't a hundred percent been um clarified and and declared but it's we're, i'd say we're at a pretty close point now to, to being to getting uh, towards industry consensus and and that's sort of building on work that that a number of different um, industry organizations have been um, working on over the last few years so looking at definitions looking at benchmarks looking at um, what should constitute net zero for different parts of, of the building's asset life cycle. So it's a, it's a number of different things all coming together at, at, at one time, which is, it's quite exciting. Yeah, it sounds so great. And actually it's quite a complicated subject and what you're doing is uh, simplifying it and making it very accessible. So, um, so that more construction companies can engage with it, which is amazing. Um, and you were mentioning the topic of um, net zero and just to recap for the listeners, the global temperature increase need to be limited to 1.5 degrees um, and it's already 1.1 degrees warmer than the 1800s so in order to do this the emissions need to be really reduced uh, by 45 percent um, by 2030 and reach we need to reach net zero by 2050. so how do you see the built environment sector progressing on this objective uh, do you see enough momentum to help us reach this goal? Yeah, so I mean, I feel quite positive uh, that, that there is some momentum. Um, uh, but there, there obviously needs to be a lot more. 
um, to, towards helping reach this goal. I think for many years, yeah, it was almost like construction was the industry's dirty secret that no one really wanted to tackle construction because that was just too difficult. Um, and, but now um, with common standards, common ways of measuring um, the whole life cycle um, carbon impact of assets, common benchmarks, um, and 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 this huge sort of swell of um, motivation within the industry to to firstly have common standards uh, that everyone can work towards, and and also to to get to net zero. So it's a lot of talk about the race to net zero, but it, it really is it really is a race. Lots of companies are, are making commitments, corporate level commitments, even you know local councils are making commitments to to be net zero um but there has been quite a, a f quite a big learning journey to to understanding what that net zero actually means for the built environment and for different um stakeholders within within the built environment sector so particularly within developers i think that um there's there's a really positive groundswell of of um industry action and you can see that in the various different industry bodies um doing a lot of a lot of work to to try and move forward common standards common benchmarks training programs um and and i just mentioned a couple of those so so the first one is the london energy transformation initiative and and in in the uk um what that was really was looking at the body carbon, so so the, the upfront um, impact of of a building, and um, basically publishing benchmarks for different types of assets, so office, residential, um, education, um, healthcare, and, and looking at okay, what does good look like? You know, is it um, 100 kilograms of CO2 per per square meter or, or a thousand kilograms of CO2 per square meter and, and actually just collect starting to collect data on on projects and understanding what looks mm -hmm. good and then um, they aligned um, their work with with the Royal Institute of, of British Architects REBA benchmarks and then the Institute of Structural Engineers and the Royal Institute of Charter Surveyors and basically all of these um, organizations have have pulled together and said, okay, well, there's no point in each one of us doing our own separate thing. Let's all get together and, and create an, a UK net zero carbon building standard. And that's kind of where the industry is at at, at the moment. And um, it's, it, it's, it's a very exciting time, I think. And, and, um, and yeah, uh, <laughs> um, what is happening with the net zero carbon building standard is it's basically Kind of expanding on the work that the London Energy Transformation Initiative have done, some of the work that the UK Green Building Council have done, um, uh, and the Royal Institute of Chartered Surveys and Institute of Structural Engineers and all these different institutes. There's, there's basically 10 organisations involved and many hundreds of, of consultants and industry players are basically contributing data with the intent to to make it as wide as possible in terms of all the different types of asset types, so 
not just offices and homes, but schools, data centers, um, shopping malls, um, any different, as many different asset types as possible, collecting information, looking at, you know, what does good look like for, for that particular type of asset? If you're building a new data center, what are the, the benchmarks for that? Um, for, for new buildings, for operational, you know, w what are the benchmarks for that and, and what good looks like? So it's really a big data collection exercise and then standardizing those data sets and then publishing benchmarks. And that will really kind of define the steps uh, as to how the UK can meet the, the government's goals, but also it's basically, it's marrying up uh, bottom-up benchmarks with the top-down um, benchmarks that the government has set and pulling them together and saying, okay, for this particular type of asset, this is this is the minimum <laughs> that acceptable. Uh, this is what your target is that you're trying to get to. And, um, and and then teams can work towards those all those different benchmarks, but it's it's quite a big piece of work, and it's um it, uh, it, it it's exciting that the whole industry is pulling together on this, um, but at the same time it's slightly daunting because there's it's quite a lot going on. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And you were mentioning the other day that you were leading this initiative, this part of the initiative as well, and together with Construction Carbon. I can imagine that that's a lot of work. Um, so what type of, do you need any support with any of this? Um, do you have you know, people working with you? And if you were to ask for any support or uh, and for those who are listening, if they are interested to get involved, um, is there anything they can get involved with? Yeah, so basically the chair of the Net Zero Carbon Building uh, Standard technical steering group group is, is Clara, Clara Bagginal George, who's who's the one of the initial initiators of, of the London Energy Transformation Initiative. The government's board is is chaired by uh, David Partridge. Um, so I'm just a, basically a, a part of of one of the working groups. So I'm part of the, the puzzle. Um, but there is a lot of things that um, need to be done within within the the net zero carbon building standard and um i think that you know whether you're a consultant working on um, a particular type of asset and you think that you can contribute some data or whether you are um, a new uh, a graduate who who just wants to get involved and support any way you can i think that there's there's quite a lot of work to be done so um I would encourage anyone to uh, firstly go to the website, sign up, um, get involved. Uh, there's there's an event coming up on the 17th of November um, that will kind of explain the work to date and, and what's what's happening into the future. So I'd encourage anyone who's, who's keen to know more to, to do that. Um, and, and if you can contribute data, um, and aside from that, there's 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 a number of, of volunteer opportunities as well. Um, you know, if, if if you wanted to get involved, then then by all means, just uh, just get in touch. Because <laughs> uh, right now, it, it is a it, the, the net zero carbon building standard. It is kind of a it's not really like a standalone entity just yet. It's more of a collaborative cross organizer cross um, 
industry organization um, I don't know how to call it like a like a body that that will um, eventually end up administering the, the net zero carbon building standard and, and reviewing revising the standard but um, at, at this point in time it's it's not like a separate company or organization with its own staff if that makes sense perfect yes um, that makes a lot of sense and actually yeah so I was wondering with regards to uh, construction carbon or this building standard or anything to do with carbon reduction uh, would you have any final call to actions for those who are listening to this podcast anything that you would encourage anyone to do in order to help us progress to this net zero objective or anything absolutely yes yes so um one of the things that we're doing at construction carbon is is um developing an industry-wide training program because one of the things that we identified quite early on is is for apples with apples comparison to 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 be made there needs to be a common industry-wide life cycle assessor training program so that's one thing that that we're working on um the other thing is obviously the net zero carbon building standard and i see that as primarily kind of publishing the benchmarks and kind of the the rules of you know how to get to net zero carbon um, buildings um so those are two pieces of work you know i'd say sort of get involved in net zero carbon building standard um enroll in, in a life cycle um, assessor training program, which will be launched um, sometime next year. And um, yeah, just, I mean, there's a huge demand for life cycle assessors and that will be, that will be growing as the, um, I guess the, the recognition that, that life cycle carbon is important. So whether you are making products um, or whether you're specifying products or whether you're an architect, engineer, um, fresh graduate, the understanding of the whole life cycle impact of, you know, um, everything <laughs> related to the construction industry, whether it be manufacturing floor slabs or um, plasterboard or um, any type of product that goes into a, into a, a building, or whether you're someone who's actually designing and, and building buildings, um, I think that that recognition about the, the whole life cycle carbon impact is is gaining in importance and um, and transparency. And what what I think will happen is is there's a great um, sort of analogy um, with this this thing called uh, NABERS in Australia, the National Australian Built Environment Rating System. Basically, it was like a voluntary um, program for uh, energy efficiency in, in existing buildings. And they, they would take your existing um, energy consumption from a, from a building and say, okay, contribute that information to a database. And it'll basically give you like a star rating system. So you might have a three or four star or up to six star rating for your asset. And then what happened was... Once the leading landlord started publishing their, their their neighbor's star rating, then the leading tenant said, well, we're not going to take office space unless it's got three stars or more. And then the government said, okay, well, we're also not going to take space unless it's got four stars or more. So basically, you've got like this ratcheting up of performance competition, which is, I think you'll see something similar with um, 
with whole life carbon and, and body carbon benchmarks um, with operational and and upfront embodied carbon. So I think it's it's quite a useful analogy to look at that because I think that people sort of rush to the whole thing. Okay, well, government needs to come in and legislate. Well, maybe maybe they don't need to to necessarily. Maybe you don't need to wait for that. Um, maybe you can just start publishing your scores now. And if one developer starts publishing, well, they got an A. Well, then the next one's going to say, well, how did they get an A? We want an A too. So then you start this competition of trying to get up the scores of of um, of of carbon efficiency, if you like. So I think that is something that needs to happen so that everyone can understand it. You know, there's no reason why you should have to be a PhD in carbon before you can understand what whole life cycle carbon is. You know, you should be able to explain it to my six-year-old daughter that, you know, this building's more efficient than that one and this one's <laughs> more carbon efficient than that one. These are the reasons why. And I think that's that's um, that needs to happen. Yeah. So that's where I see it sort of evolving. Thank you so much for all the information. Actually, that sounds super like actionable and really hopeful also that um, we don't have to wait for the government and we don't we can also take a lot of action um, and all of what you said I think is very um, informative for anyone who's listening and who wants to get involved there's so many ways to get involved so I'm also now excited to go and check everything out and to learn more about the subject so thank you so much for your time Gilbert I really appreciate it and um, yeah, we'll keep in touch and I look forward to hearing all about the progress. Thanks very much, Celia.